This is Impact Wrestling Moose, and you're listening to Perch on the Top Rope. The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. This is the Ring of Honor World Champion, Matt Taven. And ooh, doesn't that sound so good? And I want to tell you that if you are not listening to Perched on the Top Row podcast, you're obviously a Melvin. Change your life today and subscribe to Perched on the Top Row podcast. Why? Because Matt Taven told you to. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I'm former dirt sheet writer Lee Walker, and I am joined by Alex Todd, Justin Largertoe, and special guest from the Turnbuckle Tabloid, ladies and gentlemen, James Santiago. Boys, how are we all doing today? Doing good, Lee. We're 24 hours out from Bound for Glory by the time this is uh, this is up on, on the feed. And we're ready, Lee. We're ready to be there second row in uh, Albany, New York at the Armory. Yep, and we will have that vlog at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Alex, how you doing? Doing well, my man. Can't complain. Just finished up getting our uh, our little tidbits from the press pass this past week done and edited, so we can give it to everybody on YouTube and podcast. Uh, you know, other than that, we've just been working hard going into Bound for Glory this week. And James, how you doing? Ah, there's nothing better than sitting around with a couple of guys talking about men half naked and uh, drinking a couple of beers. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen, brother. What? Who said that? Did I say that out loud? Did I use my <laughs> outdoor voice? I think I used my outdoor voice. Sorry about that. Ah, man, this is great, man. Uh, this is really around the good time where everybody starts talking about impact wrestling around this time, because usually during the, the year, everybody's like, what channel is that on again? <laughs> they can't find it. But, you know, bound for glory. And this is when you start using that voice. It's bound for glory, guys. Bound for glory. <laughs> Impact Wrestling's bound for glory. Well, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of this episode, you will get to hear special interviews from Impact's very own Knockouts champion, Jordan Grace, Heath, and Mickey James like to thank impact wrestling for allowing us to do these interviews so stay tuned it's gonna be a lot of fun now when it comes to bound for glory there's seven matches on the card some stipulations one going with the last rodeo justin i'm gonna let you take it away Yeah, so we are going into Bound for Glory. Seven matches on the card, as Lee said. Uh, we'll start off, not even with a match, actually. We'll, we're just going to bring up the fact that on the Countdown to Bound for Glory show, which will be streaming on Impact Plus and YouTube, uh, Raven will be going into the Impact Hall of Fame. Now, I'd say definitely well-deserved for Raven. He was a former NWA world champion at one point in the company. I believe the first ever winner of the King of the Mountain match at Slammiversary in 2005. And everything he's done with the Monsters Ball, the Clockwork, Clockwork House of Orange match, 
you know, what do you guys, how do you guys feel about Raven going into the impact hall of fame? I got to say that it's very well-deserved. If you were going to ask me a couple years back about almost 10 years ago now, when impact started the hall of fame, I would have argued that Raven should have been the first inductee. And I say that because Raven was really there aside from Jeff Jarrett booking himself into the main event. No, no love lost. Um, but, um, Aside from Jeff Jarrett being in the main event, Raven was Impact's like big first main eventer that came out of that company. Um, him, along the likes of him and Ken Shamrock and whatnot. But you know, he really held up the main event seed for quite some time at the beginning of Impact slash TNA's history. So I could have argued that he should have gone in first, if not at least earlier than now. But I'm glad that Raven's taking his spot in the Impact Hall of Fame because man, without some of the work that he had done, that that company may not have ever gotten to where they did. I got nothing. <laughs> Damn. Well, I'll, I'll fill in the slot for a little bit. Our guy formerly known as Johnny Polo going in to the Impact Hall of Fame. And uh, like it was mentioned, he, he should have been one of the first inductees a while back. I remember the early days is his battles with uh, Jared when Amazing Red was there. Uh, the early days of eight with AJ and such like he um, helped to push that company to be recognized and, and uh, be on the radar for a lot of uh, wrestling fans who were just transitioning from the last days of ECW to uh, Impact coming in. Uh, it's 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 highly regarded that the man is very underrated as not only as a wrestler, but as, as always uh, a character and a charismatic individual as well. So congratulations to him, Raven. It's well-deserved. And um, yeah, I, I'm hope I'm hoping that he gives one of his long illustrious speeches <laughs> as, as he goes in. Yeah. So once again, congratulations to Raven. We are excited to see him going to into the Impact Hall of Fame this weekend. Now I gotta ask Lee, do you have nothing because you just don't know how you feel about Raven as a competitor, or do you have nothing because what I believe, and that's that you did not watch any of the show back then and you don't know what he did? Oh, that's absolutely why. Okay, I, no, I figured. I have no idea. I have no idea what he did in TNA or or Impact really. And I had the video game for uh, my PS3, but that's like really about it. I right. really didn't watch. I I, I, I was going to say you didn't you didn't really jump on the TNA board until like, what like around like 08, 09 when they were doing like the main event mafia shit and whatnot. Well, like that's when the video game came out. Yeah, so that was kind of oh. when you started paying attention. Yeah, but like I wasn't paying that much attention though. It was never it's never been like an easy show to to get your hands on. Hmm. So let's you just know, say except that, when they had, were on spike or whatever. Let's right. just say that it's better for you to just say, like, hey, you know what? I liked his earlier stuff. It didn't really change when he went to impact anyway. Except he probably just changed his hair color. That was pretty much it. But yeah. listen, a hall of fame's a hall of fame. He's gonna get it oh, yeah. now. That's- would he now would will they bring him into WWE's Hall of Fame next year? Interesting. He'll be the probably the first guy that goes in back to back to Hall of Fame. I think possibly, yeah. Well, and here here's the thing too that I really liked about Raven between um all of his runs, ECW, WWE, um, WCW, 
TNA with the excited with the exception of like his early WWE characters when he made moves through all of these four different companies the man really was one of the few people that really never changed in character you see a lot of guys when they go to a new company they come up with an entirely different character um, sometimes it's copyright issues sometimes it's just because like they didn't like what they were doing in the other company but that man stayed very consistent throughout his entire career yeah like i i know about his ecw wcw wwe even i guess a little bit with uh he had like a little stint with cm punk and ring of honor i believe but that the rest is just a a, a blur but i i'm sure whatever he did in tna it was just like how he did everywhere else because everywhere else he he flourished uh I would say great mid Carter for WWE for what they they used him for. Uh, if they actually really really focused on Raven the character, but also the fact that he's a really really intelligent person, they could have used that and could have very easily uh, raised the level to be a main eventer in WWE. But again, he wasn't a I don't want to say a WWE grown talent because he was Johnny Polo early in his career, but he didn't really wrestle. He more managed. Right. You know, and then he quickly bounced and obviously a blessing in disguise because we got the character that we know and love today. Countless action figures, countless video games, uh, tons of merchandise. Like he's, he's embedded forever in wrestling history. He made the shopping cart iconic. <laughs> that he did. And probably one of the best shoot interview guys that you could listen to whenever you get, when you hear him on shoots in the early days on you on you shoots and stuff like that. He he gave you candid uh candid looks behind the curtain and was not afraid to uh tell people his disdain for others and what he did. That's why I think that a lot of times he might have had a, a bit of a problem with the higher ups. But still in all for the fans, we loved him. We we loved Raven, Raven's flock, the whole, the whole gimmick, the whole work. And like you said, one of the smartest guys in the business. Absolutely. And you were just talking about how he, you know, gave a lot of people a kind of a, a peek behind the curtains of what was going on in the pro wrestling industry. But he also did it in a way that made if he was doing a shoot interview, he did it in a way that made fans understand. A lot of these guys will talk about the the backstage stories and they'll use a lot of like insider lingo or they'll they'll kind of brush over. But Raven, when he talks to you and shoot interviews and he kind of gives you a look behind the curtain, he he is able to explain it in a way he breaks it down in an into like an intellectual way where everybody can understand every aspect of what he's talking about. One of the smartest men to ever enter the business. And to, you know, put an end on this, put a cap on it. Lee, I just looked on eBay. I found the Nevermore Best of Raven and TNA DVD, and I am having it sent to you, so you better watch it. Okay. That's your homework. <laughs> okay. Do you see the excitement on Lee's face when he just, when he just said that? <laughs> <laughs> but um, also on the countdown to Bound for Glory, uh, we have a open challenge for the Digital Media Championship uh, put out by Brian Myers. Who do you guys see accepting this open challenge i would imagine it's some kind of returning or debuting talent for impact mm, nah i got one right up here 
going to be Matt Cardona. That's who I was thinking too, actually. <laughs> yep. I, I can see it being Matt Cardona and then they get like a, a full on better, I think a better version of the Brian Myers, Matt Cardona feud. Right. I think we either get Matt Cardona in this or we get him in the Collier shot gauntlet later in the show, which we'll get to that in a bit. He's been wrestling elsewhere. He's got to be coming back soon. Right. Lee, do you have any guesses? It wasn't that until you said it. Like, <laughs> fuck, man. Now, like, now he can't get it out of his head. Yeah. Already. Yeah, no, no, no. That man doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, well, man. There goes that. Uh, no, that, that sounds like the best bet. But for the sake of, like, not agreeing... I can't. Yeah. Cardona. There you go. I can't. Here's a, like, here's can't. a thought, though. Here's a thought. What if this is where they interject Bobby Fish into the card? Well, he is announced for the Call Your Shot he's, he's Oh, he is. Shot. He is. Okay. My bad. Well, I guess it's not Bobby Fish either. I'll shut up now. Yeah, I was going to go the same way with Cardona. It makes more sense, especially uh, how his reach has been in social media. Or well, I'll even go on the flip side and say it'll be the wife. Chelsea Green will be. Will be uh, challenger for it as well i mean it's not far-fetched with this company that they would do something of that they would want to put that title on somebody who's now uh somewhat of a social media influencers uh that's i guess what it was meant for so if it's not going to be cardona i wouldn't be surprised if chelsea green is the other opponent well if uh, alex you brought up bobby fish to say on the topic of fish I'm going to go Shark Boy. Ooh. You know, Impact does like to bring back the occasional TNA original at Bound for Glory, so it, it is entirely possible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a dark horse out there. I'm going to throw a legend at dar- a dark horse because sometimes they like to have the legends come back too. I'm going to go out on a, a huge limb, and I'm going to say DDP. That would be fun. I don't think so, though. I don't think so either, but that would be a cool callback to his like earlier days in TNA. Right. Listen, this is Albany, New York. There's some wrestlers that are close by. You have Colin Delaney. You have former WCW Roadblock. <laughs> Lee, you'll be next to me. I swear to God, if fucking roadblock roadblock comes out, I'm shitting a golden goose egg. And that's oh my god, can you imagine? I mean, I mean, also remember, you've got a lot of people down in Philly, down in Bro, that Philadelphia. We got the fucking kiss team in last year. I mean, anything's anything's possible. What is the chances of getting an AEW loner like somebody on that end? What are the chances of that happening? Maybe a. Uh, very possible. You're talking about legends. You'd rather rather be someone that um, it would be super obvious for AEW. Why wouldn't it be someone who wrestled under a mask and impact at a time? Why not it be maybe you said Shark Boy? Why not a Curry Man? Why can't we see something like that? Oh, Curry Man, I'm down for that, dude. I would love if it was Curry Man. Oh my God, yes. There, well, I mean, Christopher hard. Daniels has also. He made an impact appearance earlier this year, so that's not entirely out of the question. Right. Yeah. 
Fuck or, it. I mean, if at that point, if we're going that far and we're talking about Christopher Daniels, man that wrestled under a mask and impact, what if it's suicide? Yeah, you can throw anyone under that fucking suicide mask. Like, yeah, but Christopher Daniels was the original suicide. suicide. <laughs> no, let's make it even better. Let's just make it uh, when when it wasn't even acceptable anymore. Let's just make it manic. <laughs> just having to be oh, manic. God. <laughs> poor TJP. Uh, that poor man. And you know what? And you mentioned it, it right out of the mask. It could be TJP. He's all over the place, depending if he'd be in town. The guy loves to jump in on, on certain shows. It could be a TJP kind of guy. Right. A lot of possibilities. Yeah. Well, Fuck it. I'm going to say the, Curry Man. Curry Man wins. <laughs> someone has uh, some music coming out by the name of Leo Rush. Well, yeah. Um, uh, he's he not currently signed anywhere either, is he? But he did say he's cleared. He did mention on his also, on social media that he's cleared. And that's not far-fetched either. The real question is, is if, if it is Leo Rush, will he retire after the match? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. With with the championship to say he retired as a champion. Is Leo Rush now become the Kevin Nash of jokes now, where Kevin Nash blows his quad on his podcast? Is Leo Rush now retiring after everything he does? Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think Leo Rush has more retirements under his belt in wrestling than Terry and- Funk. <laughs> Bro, no, 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 no. I think I think Leo Rush has more retirements under his belt than Rob Gronkowski does now. <laughs> Ooh. And retired from football like three times and retired from the WWE without even having a match. You know what? Next year, Fight TV will get a special Leo Rush's last match, okay? Right. <laughs> it's literally like a 12-hour long video of just every retirement match he's ever had which is coincidentally just every match he's ever had in his career that and and just a, a biography of his music at the same time <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a discography of all his music it's him just yelling lashley lashley over like dubbed over the whole video <laughs> oh. that following with that annoying ass laugh <laughs> no hard feelings leo yeah i, I like leo i like nah, they're hard I'm not gonna lie <laughs> At least with me in the same camp. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's disgusting. Sorry, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we're getting a new digital media champion, whoever accepts this open challenge. Yes. Yeah, but you know what? Good for Brian Myers winning a championship. Who'd have thought? You know, re- really, when you think about it, it is his first like singles title in a major company. Ever. And he's been wrestling for like 20 years. Right. <laughs> But good for him. I don't think he's walking out with the title at, at, at the end of Bound for Glory, though. But uh, some more mysteries to come in this show, because following that, we have the Call Your Shot gauntlet match, where the winner will be able to uh, call their shot for any championship in the company. I believe it's up to one year on the time limit. Pretty much just it's money in the bank with a trophy instead of a briefcase. But so far, we have announced... Uh, Moose, Steve Macklin, Sammy Callahan, Heath, PCO, Rich Swan, Bupinder Gujar, uh, Giselle Shaw, and Bobby Fish. I want to say there's 20 people scheduled to be in this, but those are the only ones that have been announced so far. So, well, you know, they'll do a WWE and they'll randomly fill like a bunch of those spots the day of random people. Give me Curry Man in this if he's not the fucking digital media title match or Shark Boy. I fucking love Shark Boy. Give me Shark Boy. 
Shark Boy's the best. I smell ODB running. I'm telling you, it is gonna happen. Well, she has returned in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match before, so that also not out of the question. <laughs> Give us Dixie Carter, Brooke Hogan, <laughs> Eric Bischoff. No, no. Give us Claire Lynch. Vince Russo. Oh my God. Give us Claire Disco Lynch. Any member of the aces and eights that's not of the top tier. Give give us give us oh, what's his name? Uh, um, oh, uh, uh, what's his give name? Give us Wes Briscoe. What that would be good. Or uh, um, Garrett Bischoff. Now Garrett Bischoff. <laughs> give us Garrett Bischoff. Give me give me uh, <laughs> give me uh, give me Big Rick. Now that was a good name that you dropped, Tessa. Would they actually open a door for her? I don't think so. No. No, not with the way that they, she left the company before. I think that bridge is burned. Mm. Yeah, no. Her and Leo Rush can be a tag team together in, in the nowhere. <laughs> Call them nuclear team. heat. No, Leo, Leo Rush and Tessa Blanchard is the real fucking toxic attraction in wrestling. <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't once upon a time Tessa Blanchard and Ricochet? <laughs> Ooh, too soon. Wrestling Nowhere Championship Federation. She's burned more bridges than napalm. It's just gross. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. um, But in all seriousness, I don't think there's a chance that anybody who's not named Heath wins this. Heath, this is this is his comeback story, basically because he got injured in this match, was put out on the shelf for almost a year. Uh, You know, he has been his stock has been rising increasingly fast in impact as of late um, with his you with honor no more and the, the crowd has been absolutely behind it. i don't think any other winner makes as much sense as heath winning this match um i think it's gonna be easy steve macklin moose and sammy callahan who are probably his three biggest obstacles are still like feuding so there's a good chance all three of them basically eliminate each other and then my prediction is that it comes down to heath and pco and he throws them over the top rope and heath wins and ladies and gentlemen you can hear all about heath and bound for glory and the call your shot gauntlet match after this show because you'll be able to hear heath himself talk about it talk about the injury from 2020 talk about the championship that he was going to go for in 2020 if he was going to win you can hear him talk about the championship he is going to go for if he wins with a twist upon somebody else if they return little hint there ladies and gentlemen so stay tuned and make sure you listen because you'll hear all about it good plug so, yeah, do it, I got <laughs> Lee with the Lee with the live read. Good job, buddy. <laughs> on my end, I, I'm gonna agree with you, Alex. I think Heath is definitely the most logical pick out of who we have announced so far, at least. Uh, you know, if he does win, it doesn't mean he has to go after the world title. Him and Rhino could easily go after the tag titles when Rhino gets back. I mean, I don't know, I don't know more. Does have the tag titles right now at this moment with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. So either direction you want to go with, with Heath, with that call your shot trophy, it makes sense. If I have to pick a backup, I'm going to say Steve Macklin. Cause I, I feel like they're definitely really high on him right now. I love Steve Macklin's character. I don't, but <laughs> wow. I like, it's his, not girl- about you, Justin. I like his girlfriend's character. 
Oh yeah, we we uh, we know you like that, pervert. Yeah, grow up. You grow yeah. up. <laughs> You're rude. Don't be a pervert. So. Oh yeah, we also asked Heath what it was like to throw PCO off a stage onto a pile of chairs. So make sure you listen because it's it's a good one. Uh, there's names in here that you know just don't make sense, but then there's a lot of names just based off the ones we know that have the best shot of almost winning, right? I hate to agree, but I, I'm narrowed down to Heath moose or pco to be honest especially with that uh seemingly spoiler spoiler heath gave us in that interview wink wink fans uh so yeah i mean we've had drew mcintyre become a champion we've had gender mahal don't hinder the gender gender mahard body become a champion it's heath's turn to become a champion I'm so happy that you used the gender Mahard body nickname. That's my favorite one that was ever given to him. It's time that 3MB complete the championship ring series. Go Heath. I'm sorry to disappoint, but knowing how, you know, seeing how this company works in certain instances, they really want to, um, would love to play the underdog storyline. But I think they, they, they look at it more deeper with him fighting for even more underneath than he would be at, you know, at any other time, especially coming back from injury. I would not be surprised if they put it on Bobby Fish and it'll be, it'll be because they are the last two in the ring when it happens. Um, the other aspect would be, especially with Moose and Sammy Callahan, they'll eliminate each each other because they have their heat going on there, their storyline and such. But I would not be surprised if they gave it to Bobby and it'll be the bigger redemption story where he f- fights through that to get his title shot. I would not be surprised that it, it's Bobby. Yeah, so I have more to go on on my on my prediction for Heath as far as this match, but it kind of has more to do with matches that are down the card later on. So I'll get more into that as we go further down the card, Justin. Okay. So moving on from the call your shot gauntlet, we have what could be the last match of Mickey James when she takes on Mia Yim. Now, Mickey James right now in Impact is doing the last rodeo. And to break that down, it's pretty much the same as the Ric Flair storyline from 2007-2008 in WB, where the next time Mickey James loses, she's done. Now. Personally, I don't think this will be the end here at Bound for Glory. I feel like we have a lot of momentum behind this story. And I think Mia is actually only the second person she's faced in this last rodeo, as she calls it. But I think we have more for Mickey James to come. I'm sure we're going to see her challenge for the knockouts title within the next few months. And maybe that's the end. I don't know if she's going to go another year. I don't know how, how much longer she's going to go. But I don't think it ends here, especially with Mia Yim, by the sound of it, on her way out of the company. I don't think they'll give it to her. So what, what, what do you guys think? Mickey James or Mia Yim? Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask. As like, has anybody heard if she's resigned? Because from, uh, 
from reports that she's out the door. So um, I, I'm assuming that uh, I wouldn't see her going out on that note. That'd be a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, this is only her second match with on this on this run. Yeah. I I don't see it happening here. I, uh, um, I think that they're probably gonna hold it off for something. Uh, later on down the line, maybe a slam anniversary or something like that. I don't, I don't see it being done here. Right. So a little more on the the Mia Yim thing. Yes, I've heard those reports too, but I also remember she did an interview when she first came back to Impact that basically said that that was where she wanted to retire. So it is entirely possible that she could just be in contract negotiations right now. And I know when she was asked about possibly going to AEW, she said that that was more of Keith Lee's thing right now. And she doesn't want it to be a situation where both of their careers are taking place in the same company all the time and taking momentum away from each other. But I got to say, I, I, I'm really torn on this because I don't think it would make sense for Mia to be the one to end her career. Not because I don't think she's a suitable opponent, but again, this is like the second match of the last rodeo series. So for that alone, I don't know if she would win, but Impact is also not past going with complete total swerves as we've all seen in the past. So, I mean, maybe this is a swerve and maybe Mickey does lose here. Uh, either way, I it just doesn't make sense for me to win just yet, but it could happen. I'm going to go with Mickey James on this one, though. So what you're saying is we're going to see Mia Yim's retirement match this weekend. Well, it's possible. With me, I, I I I would think with Mickey with the career that she has, I don't think that you know she she has the the call her shot of who's gonna put her out. I think that it would be someone more along the line in which she had history with, you know, maybe like a, a Gail Kim or something like that. Like I, I could see like someone coming back to fi- you know finishing off something like how Alita and Trish did it. You know what I mean? Or I, even if we get Tara, uh, formerly known as Victoria in WWE, right. that could be a good one too because right. they. That was probably both of their most notable feuds in Impact. Right. So yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see that Mia does it. I'd say. I'd say Mickey James versus Tara at Slammiversary. So Mia Yim's contract was only a <clears throat> short term, just like a lot of the former WWE uh, firings, if you will. And I, I because of that knowing that there's not going to be a re-signing of her just like w morrissey and, and others sadly she's going to be out the door this could actually be mia's last match in the company it's not going to be mickey's with uh the last rodeo she's basically going through the impact roster to get a title shot again so I feel like Mickey's retirement match when, you know, that time comes and happens, I feel like you're going to get, depending on things go along the road, I feel like she gets to whoever is the champion at the time, which I'm going to say Jordan Grace, because she's the current champion. I feel like that's going to be the last rodeo, like the last rodeo. And we also got to talk to Mickey James, which you'll be able to hear after this show, as well as Jordan Grace. Yeah, so I'm pretty much safe to say all across the board we're going Mickey James. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
And then following that, we have another knockouts match, this time for the Impact's Knockouts Tag Team Championships. We have Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green VXT defending against the Deaf Dolls of Taya Valkyrie and Jessica with Rosemary. No. <laughs> is, that, is that all you have to say, Alex? No? No. No. I'm, no smelling, I'm smelling bathroom break for you. Is this what we're saying? <laughs> I just, uh, the, that fucking tag team name, Deaf Dolls. And it's spelled with a Z at the end, by the that way. That is just the dumbest thing. Also, side note, I don't know whether Deanna and Chelsea's tag team name is VXT or Vixed. Tom Hannafin said it is Vixed on the, the Impact press pass, but like everybody I've heard has said VXT. I don't think anybody knows in that company what's going on. I think it's I, I've heard Deanna and Chelsea say VXT. <laughs> I think yeah, it's so, pronounced Vexed. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be vexed. So basically, nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> you got you got your main commentator calling them one thing. You got them calling themselves something else. Uh, the Deanna and Chelsea retain. That's all I got for this match. It's, it's as Vince would say, it's about branding. It's about the name. Names mean something. No one knows what a vixed is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just over here thinking Vic's vapor rub. <laughs> Such good shit. It's good shit. Well, look, they, they came up with this name for their team when they were in NXT a few years right. ago. So it's like. Yeah, maybe they should have tried not doing that. Right. But I'm going Deanna and Chelsea to retain. I, I think that's pretty safe to say in this. So I don't want to be like a dick, but who's Jessica? Uh, Havoc. 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 She's, oh, been, okay. she's, re, she's repackaged now as Jessica. Because she's, she's sick! Yeah, she's like not like hardcore and like demon-y anymore. She's more like Taya is now and wears like a bright-ass pink jacket. And Yeah, it's weird, man. Yeah. I'm going with the guys. I'm going, yeah, with um, Vixed. <laughs> Vixed, Vexed, VXT. We are VXT. Yeah. Whatever the Vicks, 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 Vapor Rub it is, folks. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have the X Division title on the line. You say his nickname, by the way. You say I the was, nickname. I was planning on it. The X Division champion, Speedball Mike Bailey, defending against AEW's Frankie Kazarian. Alex, I know you're excited for this because you're ready to see Frankie Kazarian back in an Impact Wrestling ring challenging for the X Division title. Tell me what you think, man. So, first off, I think it'll never get old that Lee cracks up every time. Speedball, Mike Bailey's nickname is pronounced. The first time he debuted, Lee and I were watching the pay-per-view together, and he just looks at me and he goes, Did they, do they even know what that nickname means? Do, do I like need to tell them? He's like, I don't think they know. It, it just gets better because Lee, Lee makes this reaction every time this man is in a match or talked about, and I never get tired of it. Uh, that being said, I every single time Frankie Kazarian has been back in Impact lately, I have absolutely loved it. I grew up on, you know, when I got back into wrestling around the Ruthless Aggression era, that was around the time that TNA was starting to pick up on Spike, too. I basically grew up watching Crank, uh, Frank, wow, grew up watching Frankie Kazarian 
in the X division from back when he had the long hair was going by Kaz watching him slowly move up the card and impact to where he got, you know, shots at the world title. Um, didn't end up getting it, but put on some hell of uh, matches against everybody across the roster all the way up to his days with fortune. And the only really bad blip I see on the radar of his impact career was that bullshit that they made him and Frankie Kazarian do with AJ styles. We talked about it earlier, the Claire Lynch saga, that was a little rough, but other than that, Frankie's a legend there. He helped build that company too, just like the guys like Raven and AJ styles that we were talking about earlier. So I, this is a case I'd be okay with a guy from AEW winning one of the impact titles for a little while. I think Frankie gets one more shot with the impact X division championship. It doesn't have to be a long reign, but I think it's a good way for him to actually leave impact on his terms because the last time when him and Christopher Daniels left, they kind of had a sour taste in their mouth. I am. I know he's British, so I don't know if Britain understands what speed bowling is. I don't know if they're not quite sure. What I feel like they know more than we do. <laughs> I mean, I, have, I think I'm gonna have to watch uh, uh, certain movies from uh, uh, from from that era, uh, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Loaded Barrels, wherever the kid is, and whether they talk about speed bowls. I'm not sure if they do there. Um, Frankie is just quintessential Impact TNA wrestling, and. Um, he's always been, whenever you would see Kazarian, you always remember him from there, that kind of era. And right now, I think with Impact, they are riding high with Bailey. Bailey's a really uh, solid wrestler at the time right now. What better way to have a, a match that could probably steal a show, in my opinion, would be with Kazarian and um, Speedball, as uh, Lee would like for be reference. But yeah, I, I, I have to say that um, Bailey gets the win here because I think they're riding high with him. They've been putting the, the rocket on him lately. But I, I believe that this is probably going to be one of the, if not the best matches of the night. So yeah, the first time I, oh, go ahead, first time I heard the, the first time I heard this nickname, Alex, I, um, aside from watching it, uh, we were doing a, a prediction show just like this with former WWE writer Rob Hockman. Alex says speedball Mike Bailey, and I just burst out laughing, and, and Rob busted out laughing. As we go on and we we actually say what a, you know, what a speedball is, Alex goes, well, you know, Mike Bailey, you know, gets these bursts of energy in the ring and I just start laughing again and Rob just goes, Alex, you're literally not helping the case here. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I know. It was on purpose. Oh, well, God. the funny part was is when I first mentioned him by his nickname too, you guys like thought it was something that I came up with. And you're like, why do you call him that? And I was like, no, nah, man, that is like his actual nickname that they actually let him use. Yeah, I, I actually uh, know, knew of him because of um, WCPW. I remember him doing matches with them over there and uh, the other uh, um, British uh, ports that, that that you catch on the IWTV shows and stuff like that. But, yeah, the speedball thing, I was like, um, do they know? <laughs> do they know? <laughs> Dude, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. Uh, Mike Bailey's done a great job. Uh, 
I just think this is one of those matches you're going to get that feel-good moment out of, and I think we get a new X Division champ. Yes! Attaboy, attaboy. Damn, Alex is excited. Bro, you know I'm a simp for OG TNA. Very true. I think we all have a little bit of that in all all of us, but, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, they've been definitely high on Mike Bailey the last few months. He's definitely yeah, right. They've been there. high on that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, there you go. You, you left yourself wide open for that one, Justin. Oh my you, God. Just, you just lobbed that sucker right in there, and Lee's gonna hit it right out the park. There you go. <laughs> um, you know he he's been growing on me the last over the past year or two. So that's disgusting. <laughs> it's like a fungus. <laughs> I think we broke Justin, guys. <laughs> oh shit! Um, you know, I could see them putting the title on Frankie Kazarian. You know, if they really felt like uh, they could put the title on him and he could showcase it on AEW television. Let's be real; ninety percent of it will be mostly on dark if that happens. Ouch! I, I look. I'm just being honest, man. Ouch! <laughs> uh, but honestly, I think we're gonna see Mike Bailey retain here. He gets a big win over a old TNA Impact veteran. Old? That's rude. Well, you know what I mean. Very rude. Anyway, speaking of veterans in TNA Impact, we move on to the Impact Tag Team Championship match featuring the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, challenging the Kingdom, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. The Kingdom, Honor No More, OGK, they've got so many names. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> On the match graphic, it's listed as the Kingdom, so that's what I'm going by here. They literally change what they use for their name every time that they wrestle to, which I think is the funniest part, because I feel like they're definitely doing that on purpose. Was this like an original name they had, like in Ring of Honor or something? Yeah, so, they were they were part of the Kingdom and Ring of Honor with Vincent, Adam, right? Adam Cole. Oh, Adam Cole, too. Yeah. Wasn't Vincent in the Kingdom? No. Well, so, okay. Little history on the kingdom. So the original kingdom was Adam Cole, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, and Maria Canellas. Yep. When Adam Cole left, or no, excuse me, when Adam Cole left and Mike Bennett left for Impact the first time, it was just Matt Taven left behind. So then Matt Taven recruited TK Orion and uh, Vincent, and they were the kingdom, pretty much the new kingdom going forward up until you know, the split happened and then Mike Bennett left, well, was released from WB and then came back to Ring of Honor and then OGK was reformed and Ring of Honor shut its doors for a bit and now OGK are here. So, okay, thank you. That's where we are. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, he's really good at recapping. Let's have him do this more often. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Um, So anyway, uh, I would love to see the Motor City Machine Guns win the titles here, just as a nice little feel-good moment, like like Alex's moment with uh, Frankie Kazarian. That this Thank is this you. is the moment I want to have on the show. Thank you. Uh, seeing as Taven and Bennett just won the titles like a few weeks ago, not not even that long ago, I do see them retaining because I do see them pushing Honor No More very heavily going forward on Impact. So I'm going to say they retain here. Unfortunately, after you, sir. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to go with this is where you get your feel good story at. I I think that with 
uh, Motor City getting a um, a, a a view at um, at AEW recently and um, not knowing how much longer their careers are. Shelly's looking to be more uh, of a of a um, professional guy now, being in his 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 shoot job now, and Saban just. You know, he's just been injury prone for years. I think this is where it's going to be the feel good moment where uh, Motor City Machine Guns uh, get their title. And this is where it's probably going to be just their last hurrah. Okay. Um, so I, another one where I'm torn because you know me, Justin. I'm, I'm all for OG TNA wrestlers um i i my personal want is for the motor city machine guns to win this match and you know all the old gtna guys just start winning titles and eventually tna comes back but that's not gonna happen the takeover that's not what's wrong with you alex i'm tired of these old tna guys coming into impact (laughs) taking spots what guys We're done with this. Dan Housen wins every match from here on out. Dan Housen wins every match now. All right. He's in every match, Justin. All right. It's Dan Housen bound for glory. Dan Housen takes over. Bound for glory, Housen. Yeah. Hey, uh, listen, you just said that. That could be your digital. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. What if Dan Housen wins the digital media championship? I'm walking out during the kickoff show. That's fine. That's your wasted money. There you go. Dan Housen's title shows up on AEW with it. Oh, God. Yes. That's going to be his first match. That's going to be his first match that he wins. Because how, how, how? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. How funny would it be? Because this is just how Brian Myers' whole career has gone. If some schmuck who can't ever win a single match just comes in and beats him for the title, that would be so Brian Myers esque to happen. He hexes him and it becomes a squash match and it's done in 30 seconds. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Like, know your wrestling history, Justin. I can see it. Go fuck yourself. I hope Dan Housen. <laughs> Anyways, before I was rudely interrupted by Lee, I was getting no, no, no. Um, I was talking. Shush. I was talking about my prediction. Um, this I feel like has less chance to be the feel good moment with Motor City Machine Guns winning. As much as I would like them to, OGK makes way more sense, and they could get more out of that, whereas Speedball Mike Bailey's match, he's been champion for a while, so like that wouldn't really hurt him too much. He could move up to the world title scene at some point. This doesn't really scream doing anything for OGK if they lose, so I am going to go with OGK retaining the tag team titles. Yeah, I highly, I, I highly doubt they're transitional champions, but... If Dan Housen were to show up for the digital media championship and Justin walks out, I would be two for two for people sitting next to me walking out (laughs) on an impact pay-per-view because the first time it was a fan that um, landed in the laps of myself, my cousin, and a fan sitting next to me. Homicide got back in the ring, sees that the fan is wearing a Trump hat. He dances around with the hat. You know, he, he goes, hey, come to the ring, come to the ring. He takes the fan's hat and he uh, 
Yeah, I'm going to share that on another episode when we have Homicide on so we can talk about that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, it was good. <laughs> I, I remember the story when you told me. Uh... So if you so if Danhausen shows up and wins the digital media championship, Justin, and you walk out, I will be two for two. And then I'm going to go to the Guinness World Records and get them to acknowledge this. So I have my own Guinness World Record of having the, being the one Impact fan to having the the most walkouts of fans next to him acknowledge him no listen <laughs> I, i'm not even i'm not gonna walk out i'm not gonna fucking walk out you know what's gonna happen if for some fucking how the devil comes up out of the ground and let's stand house and win the digital media champion i'm gonna enter the fucking call your shot gauntlet battle royal i'm gonna win that trophy i'm gonna fucking challenge him and i'm gonna take that fucking digital media championship and go home with it Send that promo to impact wrestling right now <laughs> do it <laughs> anyway uh, and so- then he's gonna curse you and beat you too <laughs> can we mute alex's mic please nope what the fuck, man? You know what? Anyway, I am on. a perched on the top rope OG, and you will show some respect. Uh, he's, yeah. o- he's, o- he's OGA. He's OG Alex. Yeah, exactly. I, we got three versus one right now. No, you're old. Start and list in the matches. Moving on. We have the Impact Knockouts Championship on the line. Jordan Grace will be defending the Impact Knockouts Championship against the undefeated Masha Slamovich. Now, we've seen over the last year, ever since she was signed following Impact Knockouts Knockdown pay-per-view, Masha Slamovich has, for the most part, she's had the, the old Baron Corbin gimmick from NXT, if you remember that, where she beats her opponents less than a minute. And for the most part, that's as much as we've seen from her so far, other than a, you know, a pretty back and forth match with Deanna Perrazzo and the monsters ball match recently on impact TV against Allie catch. Uh, do you guys think we have a new knockouts champion here and the streak continues for Masha Slamovich? So the interesting thing here and Justin, you were there for it. We didn't include in the interview with Jordan grace, but Masha's been in Impact before. It's just that she's been undefeated since they actually signed her. But, like, that couldn't be brought up. Right. She defeated a lot of Impact's legends, like, in squash matches, like, surprisingly squash matches. And... Jordan has said she's wanted this run to be memorable because, well, listen to the interview fans, but I also don't see this being Jordan Grace's time to drop the belt either. Like they need a strong running of somebody who's, I would say, well-known right now. And I think having Grace drop the belt is the wrong answer. End of story. Like, I didn't know who Masha Slamovich was until I, I watched the matches. I mean, they got her coming in strong. But, like, what do you do when, like, cagematches.net or .com or whatever the fuck it is 
in the record books just this past weekend has Josh Alexander defending the Impact World Championship against Masa Slamovich at an independent show and beating her. That's in the record books if you look it up. Right. You know? So, and now I, I, I just, I don't see Grace losing. I don't see it happening. Is she 100% because about a couple of weeks ago, she was out here in New York City and she was at, a, at House of Glory defending the title there and she lost it and she pretty much busted up her face really badly. She had a, she had, a, she looked like she was in a, in a bit of a scuffle. If I may say so. So I'm not sure if she'll be coming in 100%. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that they were running because if you if you look at her Twitter, her pictures were pretty bad. Um, I'm going to say the same with how the run has been going with, uh, with Jordan. I mean, they finally got her to a place to where she's not taken as a gimmick anymore now she's looked at as a definite woman threat as in not only in impact but in in other promotions as well i think right now they're going to be riding high on her and she's been she's been working out really hard i've been checking out her, her, her instagram and so she's been she's been putting in the work and um i don't see her losing i don't see her dropping the belt now i mean i check her instagram out too but that's for different reasons i bet it is grow <laughs> up uh, guys, I'm I'm gonna go the opposite direction. Masha Slamovich is undefeated in Impact in her current run. Before Lee corrects me, and I don't see that stopping. The reason that I think I'm okay with my the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Asha Slamovich winning is, I feel like Jordan Grace has now gotten to a point in her impact career where she can and will be taken seriously with or without the Knockouts Women's World Championship. But I also, with how we were talking about intergender matches earlier, I can see her eventually going for the world title, if, if especially if they're going to continue pushing Jordan. So I, I think she could lose here, and she wouldn't really lose much in defeat. So I'm going to go with Masha Slamovich winning the Impact Knockouts World Championship. So, honestly, I think I'm going to go Jordan Grace to retain here. Yes, Masha Slamovich is undefeated in this current run she's been going for at least a year now probably a little bit over a year you know it's cool you can beat your opponents in 45 50 seconds i'd rather see you in a you know long decent length competitive match before i make a decision and personally i really don't think i've been had the chance to do that yet with masha and i feel like if they have jordan drop the title here I, I think it's too soon, to be honest with you. I think it's too soon for Jordan to drop the title. I think it's too soon for Masha Slimovich to win the title. Would I be surprised if they said, hey, let's put the title on Masha and run with it? No, I, I could see that happening. But I'm going to go with Jordan. I think Jordan retains. Or Masha wins by DQ. 
No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. I don't think they should do that. Yeah, I'm gonna agree there because while that would put Masha in a good spot, I don't think a beatdown is exactly what Jordan needs either. I think this could be Masha's first long drawn out match where Justin, you get what you're asking for from her, and it could be where she both proves people. I don't want to say like you because I'm not saying this for once in an insulting way. Um, there's probably other people that have the same mindset as you that they haven't seen enough from her yet. And I think they, they could accomplish both in one night. They could show that, yes, she can have a competitive back and forth match with a high top tier talent and she can also win. And I think bound for glory is the best place to do that. Where, where else to make a better statement than the biggest pay-per-view of the year for impact. And if Masha were to go back and forth and then basically annihilate Jordan at the end of the match, you make a huge statement on the biggest show of the year. Right. So I mean, I, I think this match could go either way, and I think people are going to be happy about it. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not opposed to them putting the title on Masha Slamovich if they really wanted to. I, I just feel like it's too soon right now. I feel like it's better to be patient and hold off on it for right now. Okay. Well, Lee has left the room for a moment, and he was up next on his prediction. So, um, Justin, you want to predict for Lee in a... No, no, no. I want you I want you to channel your inner Lee for a moment and I want you to give Lee's prediction in his voice. I want, I want you I want you to give your best Lee impersonation and give his prediction for him. Okay. Here we Lee, go. Don't, Lee, don't kill me, please. Um I'm gonna go with Jordan. I I feel like it's uh I feel like it's too soon, you know? I just I wouldn't go I wouldn't go with Masha Slamovich yet. I'd go with Jordan Grace. And be sure to check out our interview with Jordan Grace on YouTube and on the feed, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Perfect. Oh God, that was great. Please, uh, please don't please don't kill me tomorrow. <laughs> I, I Justin, I knew you were either gonna do one of three things. You were gonna either uh plug a social media with someone that we had interviewed you were going to for like five seconds just make some sort of Danhausen joke even if you added your own twist at the end or you were going to say you have no idea who either of these are and don't know how to pronounce either of their names so um nobody wins i was so upset because I, I was i was i was like i was waiting for him to say it i was waiting for him to plug i was waiting and then it finally came i was like yes it's there that, yes. oh god I, that I was such done. a satisfying payoff i could have did better and i could have called her like masha sandwich or something like that <laughs> <laughs> all right lee uh actually entered the room right before that and we just decided we were going to keep going so he got to witness all that lee what are your thoughts on justin's impersonation of you and who do you think wins the Knockouts Women's World Championship match of Bound for Glory? Uh, well, uh, I guess it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Jordan Grace, to be honest with you. Like, Okay. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. Now, I got a question, though. Jordan Grace, um, do you know anybody that's recently interviewed her and where you could possibly find that interview? Oh, good question. Good question. Oh yeah, you can uh, you can find it after this show, which is you know anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. It's just perched on the top rope. You can also check out the full interviews already for Heath and for Jordan Grace on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash Perched on the Top Rope. Because remember, fans, spoiler freeze the way to be. No, we're not out. This is just a shameful plug. 
I think Lee does a better job of continuously plugging throughout a show than Michael Cole. Oh God. Oh God. I'm coming for his job, apparently. It's not that hard considering the announce team keeps changing. I think I think I think he's getting on that uh that Conrad level soon. He's getting there. He, he he's almost there. He's, he, 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 if I keep hearing about you know um, ad free uh, podcasts and such on their shows, yeah, you you you'll, you'll be there. You you'll be there, Lee. You got it. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, going on to the main event, we have the Impact World Championship on the line. The Impact World Champion Josh Alexander who has held the title since Impact Rebellion this year in Poughkeepsie, New York, which yours truly was there when he defeated Moose for the championship. He will be defending against Honor No More's Eddie Edwards. And, you know, I have my thoughts in mind. Let's start with you guys. Alex, who do you you see winning this? I'm so glad that you picked me first because this goes back to my prediction for the – the world tag team championship match and the call your shot gauntlet battle Royal match. Honor no more is starting to actually pick up steam now, as opposed to continually losing matches like the judgment day does in WWE. Um, and they've been starting to pick up steam. OJK has won the world tag team championships and Heath has been in a huge rivalry with them. I picked Heath earlier to win the Call Your Shot Battle Gauntlet Royal or whatever the hell you want to call it. And it plays into my prediction for this match. I think this is where we're going to see Eddie Edwards reclaim the world championship. Do I want him necessarily to win the world championship? No. But from a storyline sense, this makes sense. Josh Alexander is probably going to end up being a multiple time over world champion before he ends up eventually leaving TNA. I I don't think this second run is going to be his last. So I could see some sort of shenanigans from honor no more that eventually allow Eddie Edwards to win the world championship at bound for glory. And I think that sets up the best underdog story that you could get with Heath eventually using the call your shot uh, gauntlet trophy to call his shot and fight for the world championship, eventually having to fight through all of honor, no more again to eventually become the world champion by defeating Eddie Edwards. So I'm going to say Eddie Edwards wins here to eventually set up Heath versus Eddie Edwards for the world championship. That's my point and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Okay. Is it me? Or is like this the least lackluster main event in Bound for Glory history? Thank you. If I'm honest, uh, I'm not feeling it. It's not. It's not Josh Edwards' fault. I'm leaving. It's, it's <laughs> it in in my opinion, it's more for me. Like I said, I I'm not a huge fan of the idea of Eddie Edwards as world champion, but right. like Heath Heath going after him makes sense with the history he has with Honor No More, but. I think the biggest issue is that ever since Eddie Edwards had that storyline years ago where he basically became like half Tommy Dreamer, half WWE's Dean Ambrose, they took what was an extremely over character in Eddie Edwards just being himself 
And I don't think as many people care about him anymore. He was one of the most over people on the roster at one point, and they've just butchered his character on and off so many times throughout the years, whether it was the Dixie Carter era, the Billy Corgan era, or the current era, that I it's hard to take Eddie Edwards seriously anymore, but like then he wrestles and you see his in-ring skill. And that's when you realize that he can be that caliber if they give him a decent character. But that being said, I think the damage they've done to his character makes it hard to take a a main event match for a world title with Eddie Edwards in it at the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Seriously. Because to me, like I, I, I get it. It, it, like you mentioned, I do see the Eddie of ROH days that 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 in ring guy when he wants to put it on, or even early impact, right? When he was in, when he's in the ring with guys like Alexander and such, but still, there's no, it has, there hasn't been any really big momentum for anyone to really care about him and this match really honestly the only thing that i can say that would make logical sense is because of how the aew run with now with now they're they're a little bit more emphasizing the roh uh brand and the title to where you could be the anti with the honor no more to give them some um, levity and some kind of position to show that the old school guys are still important to the you know to the business I can see, I could see Eddie winning it, like you said, to give that whole essence because I don't know more has not been uh, the quintessential faction for the past year or so until lately. Um, but to me, I guess this is probably one of the the least exciting main events we've seen we've seen in Bound for Glory in years. Uh, with that being said, I do see the uh eddie winning it here and and uh solidifying the on the more brand ladies and gentlemen i honestly just don't care who wins i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna fucking lie like i thought when moose was the champ and the way they had done that whole storyline with josh alexander was done really really well but then having Josh, you know, finally win it, great. But then I just, it's, it is what it is for the me. same thing Bully Ray said on Busted Open before. Most of these companies these days know how to build a great underdog story where the underdog babyface eventually wins the world title, but then they don't know what to do with them afterwards. Want to know the they big don't. example? Hangman Page. Yep. Your, your best champions are the heels. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a consistent thing that's been going on in the business for years. Yeah. They just, it's, it's, it's hard it's, to book a baby face once their story has completed. And everybody in the business has said it's way harder to be a baby face champion than it is to be a heel champion. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, stone cold was never really a baby face champion. He was always that kind of, you know, the anti-hero. I feel you know, like the only people that ever really got away with it were like your Stone Cold Steve Austin's, your Randy Orton's, and your CM Punk's. Um, and I, I say that talking about CM Punk's WWE title runs, not his obviously shit AEW run. But um, those guys were the only ones that were really able to do it because they never really got rid of their heel tendencies. Yeah. You could, you could argue that 
maybe Cena and Edge were a few that were like straight babyface when they were babyface and they were able to do it, but it, it's very few and far between. Yeah. But I, I got to agree with James that honor no more and everything, you know, Eddie Edwards needs almost the championship and then like they got to win the belts, you know, the tag, you retain their tag titles in order to like really solidify honor no more as like an immediate threat to the impact roster. You know, they've been there for a while. And, and when they first got there after Ring of Honor had folded, it was kind of a lackluster. Let's let's call it what it is. Right now, they have some pretty solid feuds. And I feel like Eddie Edwards wins that, and Heath wins the Call Your Shot gauntlet. Man, you got a perfect setup right there. Mm-hmm. He's already in the middle of a feud with Honor No More. Mm-hmm. So for that logic, because I've already picked Heath, I'm going with Eddie Edwards. Hell yeah. Now the question is, does 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 Heath cash in that night? I don't think so. I don't no, think I don't. so either. I, I think, like, I mean, it would be cool. I wouldn't be against it. Um, but I think you've got a really good underdog story going into next year, even if Heath and Eddie Edwards both win, because you, you could build that for months and months, have Heath have pay-per-view matches again with singles members of Honor No More, and you could you could stretch that out to possibly even Slammiversary of next year if you really wanted to. Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is. Ever since Eddie Edwards, uh, him and Davey Richard had, had kind of gone their separate ways when they were in TNA and Impact a few years ago. I don't know what it is. Eddie Edwards, to me, just kind of lost all of his personality. Like when he when he defeated Bobby Lashley for the TNA World Title, his first first run. Just immediately afterwards, the guy was there was nothing there, you know. Not to say like he was terrible in the ring or anything, but when it came to talking and you know overall personality, it just it wasn't there. Well, Eddie did. I'm not Eddie. Uh, um, Davey did most of their talking when the Wolves were together too, and I think that's a big part of it. Right. And like I, I've been very open about it. I was not a fan of either of Eddie Edwards' title runs. And to be honest, I'm not a fan of this Josh Alexander title run so far. You know, it's just been very to me, bland, very eh. They've booked it very similar to the AEW world title run of Hangman Adam Page. Right. And I'm glad I I brought Hangman Page up earlier because this feels a lot like that with the underdog story going into it, that's been building up for a long time. The baby face finally getting the title. And there's just not much after that, you know, like I, I really wasn't big on the Eric young match that him and Eric young had at Slammiversary this past uh, July or June for the impact world title. I just, I, I couldn't get into it. And it's the same thing here, you know? So I'm going to go with Eddie Edwards here. Cause I, like I said before, I do really think that they are going to be pushing honor no more to be a big part of impact going forward. They're all, you're already seeing your mini stories with Heath and it looks like PCO will probably be splitting from that group at some point soon. Cause they've been teasing tension with him and Eddie Edwards. So yeah, I'm going with Eddie Edwards and honor no more is going to be 
you know, a big part of this show going forward. Now, here's here's an alternate story, and I, I, I think Lee might like this a little. What if Heath doesn't win the Collier Shot match, but PCO wins it, Josh Alexander wins the main event, and PCO cashes in that night, and PCO becomes a, a two-time world champion? I could see it. Yeah. Lee, what do you feel about that? I know you you're a pretty big PCO fan. What would you how would you feel if PCO won the match and then cashed in and became world champion? I'll see if Eddie if Eddie were yeah. I mean Yeah, if Josh were to win and PCO won earlier in the night. I mean, I feel like regardless whoever won, it would just be an incentive for him to cash in. It'd be even more bigger incentive for him to cash in on Eddie to almost be like, yo, I'm the leader of this. Yeah, I'm the veteran. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing that that would actually make more of a a, a storyline to happen if he would cash in on his own guy. Yeah, you got then you got more you you have more uh, inner turmoil there between but you know in the group, you know where you see that split start to happen and PCO gets you know ganged up on while he's the champ and then Eddie has, you know still has the group behind his back and PCO splits off on his own, but then he's got guys like Keith and Rich Swan and, you know, all of them who are still feuding with honor no more. And he, you know, starts teaming up with them. So, I mean, I can see it because like, I've, I also like, I had my head too, like, all right, Eddie Edwards wins, Um, you know, the tag, the tag titles retained. And PCO gets that uh, the win in the Call Your Shot gauntlet, and instead, say, goes after the X division, and then they like seemingly, besides the the knockouts belt, have everything and 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 the without the digital media, and then they really show that they're a dominant factor by having over seventy five percent of the championships. And even have Vincent, you can even have Vincent go after the digital media championship at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I see Kenny King holding the X Division title at some point in the future. You know, so like you have Kenny I King mean, the can... X Division championship, send Vincent after the digital media championship, and have PCO or Eddie Edwards go after the world title. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. So, I, I mean, PCO is like a he's insane. And we've been fortunate enough to interview him twice. So there's where, that. Where, where where did you interview him at? Uh, we did it over the phone. No, no, but on oh on what on what show? Oh, oh, he wants the platform. Well, you can find it <laughs> at youtube.com slash perch on the top row. Damn it. Yo, speaking of speaking of plugs, uh James, let everybody know where they can find uh your social media and where they can uh, listen to Turnbuckle Tabloid. Yeah, thanks a lot, Lee. Thanks and thanks you guys for 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 bringing me in. This is actually I had a good time uh, too. And I need more beer, uh, guys. You can always find me at uh, Turnbuckle Tabloid at uh, Facebook. You can enjoy the liking group page on Turnbuckle Tabloid as well as on Instagram at Turnbuckle Tab. Check us out on Twitter at Turnbuckle Tab as well as on Twitch, YouTube, and on TikTok on Turnbuckle Tab. Yes, this old geezer is actually on TikTok as well. Uh, and be sure you check us out on all podcasting outlets. We're everywhere. Uh, you know, download, subscribe, be a part of the vibe at Turbuckle Tabloid. And uh, always big shout out to the big 
the big parent company that that watches over us and does the producing and distribution of us at rageworksnetwork.com and at rageworks.net. Thanks, guys. Awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure you find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we are there. It's Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us at youtube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. For all those interviews that you want to see uh, our face and their face after you listen to it on a podcast or you just kind of, yeah, go with it. YouTube.com, Perched on the Top Rope. You can also find us on TikTok where we are doing Selena scenes of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history because you are not going to tell me otherwise that Zack Ryder at WrestleMania 32 winning the Intercontinental Championship is not one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history or anything Danhausen does. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if that doesn't tickle your fancy on TikTok, uh, you can watch WCW legend The Taskmaster get humped by a dog. That's right. I said The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. It's on our TikTok. It's perched on the top rope. You get a little winded after you do this for a little while. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also find us on uh, Twitter at Perch Top Rope because Perched on the Top Rope is too long. You can find us on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. Uh, Twitter, take notice. We fit all that on Instagram. What are you doing? <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, always remember... I'm not done. Ladies and gentlemen, we also have Twitch with Alex Todd streaming video games. Uh, not just wrestling, by the way. Not just wrestling. Doesn't matter what platform you're a fan of, whether it's Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. He's going to go old school, too, by the way. So make sure you check it out. Twitch.tv perched on the top rope. Alex, what is the schedule? Uh, we will be starting our Twitch scheduling as of this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Every Sunday, you will see me streaming for an unannounced amount of time. Could be an hour, could be two hours. Depends on how long I want to play video games for. This Sunday, we will be starting up the King of the Ring tournament where Justin's character, Justin Housen, myself, and Lee Walker will be entered in the King of the Ring tournament to see who will be the new Perched Underground World Champion. Spoiler, it's me. Mm, no. I mean, right, as of right now, Justin has the best moves out of all three of us, so that's, that's not out of the question. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can also check out Perched on the Top Shelf every Wednesday. Justin and I discussing all sorts of figures and series and collectibles and ringside collectibles and Walmart exclusive and Target exclusives. And oh my God, there's so much stuff. Oh my. Make sure you check out Justin and his vlogging experiences as he is the perched correspondent at youtube.com slash in Justin we trust. Uh, I make some appearances as uh, we take when we when we vlog together, we share together, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can't go wrong there. I feel like we should go on a date after that one. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, always remember spoiler freeze. The way to be. We're out. We're out. The following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Impact Wrestling Press Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Hannafin. This is a media teleconference live on our Facebook page. I want to thank you all for joining us here, not only fans who are watching from around the world, but the contingent of media that are joining us to ask questions here that are also coming in from around the world. So we want to give a little moment for everybody to get situated uh, in the Facebook page and get situated in this session right now. Uh, we are so excited for what's coming up this weekend, this Friday night, October 7th, live on pay-per-view and fight TV. It's our 18th annual Bound for Glory. It's the biggest event of the year for Impact Wrestling. And then for those of you that will be able to be there in attendance that Friday night in Albany, New York, don't forget you can possibly attend on Saturday night, October 8th. The fallout for Bound for Glory will also be taking place in Albany. Ticket information for both these events is available at impactwrestling.com. And a quick note for fans that might be in attendance on Saturday, you guys can get your photo taken ringside with the National Arena League NAL Championship Trophy as won by the Albany Empire. Obviously, we're right in Albany for the show, so we thank the Albany Empire for partnering with us for this weekend. Team captain Brandon Cisse and the team's mascots, Jack and Mac, will be available for photos at ringside. They'll be taken from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. right before the show gets started on Saturday night, and there will be a ceremony to honor the back-to-back -back NAL champions, the Albany Empire, at the show on Saturday as well. Also, in regards to the live events this weekend, again, for those of you that will be able to attend on Friday and or Saturday, our daily meet and greets for fans this weekend are uh, figured out and situated. They're out on social media right now, for those that don't know, on Friday the 7th, for Bound for Glory, the pre-show will feature Steve Macklin and the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Champions Vexed, and then the post-show will feature Brian Myers. Will he still be digital media champion? We'll have to find out. And, of course, Mickey James, who will be joining us here in a moment. It's the reason you're all here. And then on Saturday, October 8th, as I mentioned, the fallout from Bound for Glory, the pre-show will feature the Motor City Machine Guns and Mia Yim in the meet and greet. And the post-show will be Rosemary, Taya, and Jessica. That is going to be so much fun, especially with those three. So right now, I want to get to our guest of honor here on the Impact Wrestling Press Pass podcast. Joining us all the way from the United Kingdom at the moment, please welcome in Mickey James. Mickey, how are you today? I'm so good. I'm so, so good. Thank you. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, as I was saying, we got a lot of fans that are tuning in from all over the world, so it's very fitting that you're on a completely different continent for me. We're really hitting every corner of the world for Impact Wrestling fans. Up next is you, Lee Walker III from Perched on the Top Rope. Lee, how are you? Hey, Hi, I'm doing great. Well, you got a full setup there. Good for you. Look at yeah, you, though, there, you. Lee Walker III. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I know we've heard a lot of questions in, in regards to retirement, your last rodeo and everything like that. As you can see, based off my setup, I'm going to go in a different direction. And I would actually like, Mickey, to hear your opinion. You're someone who has action figures. So how is it important? Like how important it is to you as a performer, part of Impact Wrestling for Impact to rejoin the figure line with Cella Toys? And would you like to be part of the line? Because we've already heard the the announcements from the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. Yeah, I saw that. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, released, or it's it's actually on, only for pre-order now um, through 
actionfiguremania.net, the action figure that's represented from the Royal Rumble at when I was um, Impact Knockouts World Champion. So, but that's my first figure in god how long i don't know and i've had a bunch like i my first one was the cutest it was my favorite um the wwe one which was like this little mini pink box with the flowers all over it's still my favorite figure um and i don't know if it was just because my first or because it was the cutest because one of those figures i remember looking and i was like i don't think this one looks anything like me like i feel like they put my hair on tori wilson's face i don't know um so uh, it's cool. And I think for collectors, especially like, you know, those, those action figures, I never realized, um, what a big deal a lot of these figures are, but some of them, they represent some really, really cool moments. And what I'd really love is like with, if Jalo is going to do these things with impact is like, we could also do it when you go throw back where they had the weapons. Like I remember having the championship with one of my action figures. I remember having a chair with one of my action figures. I don't know why I had a chair, but I did have a chair. Um, but some of the, you know, they come with all these different kind of styles or different gears and um, they're fun. I think they're fun collector's items and my son usually opens them and plays with them. So they're no longer collector's items, but that's okay. It's fine. But awesome. yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. We'll awesome. see. Awesome. I'll be there October 7th and October 8th in Albany, New York, because that's my hometown. So I will see y'all oh, there. Perfect. Thank you oh, so can't much. Wait. We, we appreciate you jumping on here. and Thank, thank you, you for coming out this weekend. Hey everyone. Thanks for watching that video. If you liked what you saw make sure you hit the like button and make sure you hit subscribe so you can get all our content here at perched on the top row and fans remember spoiler freeze the way to be i'm out oh baby the redhead rebel here at perched on the top rope, PTR. The following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to <laughs> Perched on the Top Rope. As you heard from that show opener, we have from Impact Wrestling, Keith, as he is taking part of the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match October 7th yep. at the Washington Albany Armory in Albany, New York. How's it going to feel to be wrestling back in Albany, New York? Man, it's been a while. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fact. Crowd's always good. I'm just a little nervous about the whole call your shot gauntlet battle royal, man. <laughs> um, two years ago, I was in that thing, and it took me out for 11 months. So, oh, And that was actually one of the questions we had. How are you feeling knowing you're going back to a match that you took were out? Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's one of those uh, it has to be done type of things in my head, just mentally, you know? Because uh, mentally, man, it was one of those things like, is this really happening? What the hell type of moments? But um, but no, it's uh, one of those things where like, uh, it's like, you know, that bully that picks on you and, mm -hmm. and mentally it's still there, but you got to take up for yourself. Yeah. It's like one of those things. Okay. Um, but no, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm healthier. I feel better, confident. So yeah, should be all right. And you're just coming off a, a tag team victory last night, uh, facing yeah, on yeah, you know, and you've been uh having a little feud with them. So, I've got to ask, <laughs> you've wrestled quite a few legends in your day. Uh, 
and you recently faced PCO in a street fight. Uh, <laughs> someone I know that you have definitely watched as a kid. Oh, yeah. So what was it like to throw a legend off of the stage that you watched as a kid onto a pile of chairs? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it is it is one of those surreal moments, like really, like being a kid growing up wanting to wrestle, like to wrestle, but not expecting to go as far as I did type mm -hmm. deal, you know, but still the whole man, I think I've wrestled every legend underneath the sun right now, besides, you know, staying in the rock and roll express, maybe, you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I've been in the in the ring with pretty much all of them. And uh just you know, PCO, you know, just one of those another little chinks of armor for me, you know. Yeah. And yes, he's not human and he's wild and you know, he is a monster and I don't see I don't see the way he thinks, you know, because he's uh he's a wild one for sure. But uh, but yeah, you know, a street fight, anything goes. And I had the opportunity to throw a legend off the stage and I did. So <laughs> no, <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed it. I, I, yeah, I mean I can't can't not, you, not you enjoy it, that, yeah. you know, <laughs> especially for like how he's, you know, changed and everything with his career. Yeah. Now, with that being said, he's also in the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match along with some others from Honor No More. So, yeah, uh, if, if they're in the ring when you get in there, are you, are you, is there anyone in particular you're you're going for? Or you just going I, I, for all? I just go for all of them, man. You know, okay. at least I know I got, you know, some choosings, you know, some yeah. pickings, but now, uh, Oh, sorry, I was say yeah, but yeah, but no, I, I don't care who I get my hands on. I just don't like that bunch at all. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, when you had your first and you know when you're in the first gauntlet shot, call your shot match, and you had that injury, if you were to win, what you what what was your choice? Oh, me and Rhino was gonna go for those titles. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how about now? If if you win on Friday, uh, Rhino should be coming back soon mm -hmm. you know is it a goal of mine to still win those tag titles with him by my side yes you know I, I would love to do that but then again with all this momentum and everything that's been happening with me and everything it's one of those things to where like maybe I need to just step back and take a look mm -hmm. and see what's the best choice for me and the family you know and then make my decision from there that's that's my goal now you know, but, you know, it's still not, you know, far from the front of my mind to be tag champs with Rhino either. Okay. You know, I just think it'd be cool. Good little moment, you know, holding titles in two different fans, you know? Yeah, and that was actually another question of mine. What was it like to leave the universe and rekindle that relationship here in Impact? It was cool, man. I mean, he was a big part of why I came here too, you know? Uh, one of my best friends, legit, you know, and I had some other good friends that were down here. Um, but no, it was, uh, I think it was time to uh, leave the universe anyway, because I was there for so damn long. Uh, it was just one of those things where, man, I, I did had so many different, you know, gimmicks and everything throughout my years there to where it was like, I just wanted to start doing things my way. And then they didn't see it that way. So we was bumping heads the last couple of years. But, um, but no, I think, you know, getting released, refining a new little home and being me a little bit like it has worked out in my favor a lot and um you had your first impact world championship opportunity at sacrifice against the moose so, yeah um, after this one little draw with, with the call your shot uh, gauntlet match 
Uh, what do you think for you will it take to be back in the world title picture? I mean, if you win the gauntlet, you can be right in that title yeah, picture. You know, you know? Right in so it's one of those things where, like, if, if you win it, I mean, it's your choosing. You got a year to do whatever you want with it. So, yeah. I mean, you, you pick your future there. You just got to make sure you make the best of your, you know, the opportunity that's in front of you. Um, but um, I win it, I'm right there, period. That's just how it is. Any title picture I want, you know. Yeah. But at, if I don't win it, I mean, it just all depends on, you know, what other opportunity, what other road I can take, mm -hmm. you know. I'm going to pass things over to my first correspondent over here, Jasper. Oh, yeah. You got a camera on. Yeah. <laughs> I look at him, he's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pass things over to Justin. He likes to talk uh, action figures, so go ahead. Oh wow! Okay. So you've had uh, wrestling figures in the past, obviously. Yeah. When you came to Impact, you're actually one of the first few micro brawlers that have came out. Mm -hmm. what, what? How did you feel when you first saw you know the artwork of the micro brawler? What, you, what, what did your overall thoughts of them? <laughs> What's funny to me about the micro? Like, I think it's cool. Like, I think it's a cool micro brawler. I just wish I had a little black jacket on there also. Right. But what's funny to me is that, you know, the face looks good and everything. But when you look at that body hair on there, it looks like I got chicken pox to me. To where when I was looking at it, I was like, man, I was like, that's a lot of body hair, man. And then Myers and Cardona, of course, was just like, yeah, well, whatever. You know, and I said, you can put some chance, but y'all you, you put it everywhere. Like I had chicken pox, you know? Uh, but I just thought it was funny. But no, I think those little action figures are cool and everything, you know? Like I gave my girls some, they took it to show and tell at school. I was like, you want to take one of these? You know, I was going to give her like one of those. She's like, no, nah, I'll just take this one. So like, okay, <laughs> have fun with it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, but no, I think the micro brawlers are cool. And I was wanting to start like collecting them, but then there's so many. They say, you know, I'll just get down that rabbit hole, man. I just be like, there's, oh, I got to get them all, you know? Yep, I, I've gone down that rabbit hole of firsthand experience. So oh, yeah. hopefully we can get a thief. Uh, impact action figure with the new cello toys deal yeah hopefully nice. yeah they're looking pretty cool too i yeah. think the first batch is about to come out oh, jordan moose uh eddie the, edwards and diana yeah 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 it's a good first batch yeah but yeah the uh micro brawler man looks like i got said i got like you know two-year-old chicken pox <laughs> maybe six-year-old i don't remember how old it was Whatever we had chicken pox. Yeah, as a kid, I remember that. Oh yeah. I also tried to get out of school with taking markers. Oh, giving myself chicken pox. Mom, look at me. Yeah, don't wash that off. That did not work. What sort of goals do you have for yourself in Impact Wrestling? This is Impact Wrestling superstar Jordan Grace, and you're watching a perched on the top rope. The following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. I'm your host, Lee Walker. I'm joined with Justin Largito. As you heard from that show opener, we have the Impact Knockouts champion, Jordan Grace. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm good. Um, so first question, this is actually going to be your first match uh, with Impact for uh, Bound for Glory in Albany, New York, October 7th, and the Albany Armory. So what's this going to be like? Because this is your first one-on-one -on -one match at Bound for Glory. Yep, this is my very first singles match. So there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I've wrestled at Bound for Glory before, but never in this uh, caliber of match. And the bar is set pretty high for us. So I'm excited to see what we can do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you brought up the previous Bonker Glory matches. Um, you've had three matches, all multi-person matches, including men and women. Uh, with this being the first one-on-one, -on -one, your your Bonk for Glory record is one for two. Uh, has any of that ever been a thought in your mind of, of records or anything like that? No, not not at all. <laughs> um, I just kind of. Honestly, uh, the past few Bound for Glories, I, I can't remember the first one I was ever in. I think it might have been the, I think I was in the Collier Shot Gauntlet, I believe. Um, I'm just always happy just, just to be on the show. It's a big show, and I just always want to put my butt, my best foot forward and put on the best possible match I can, no matter what kind of match it is. Yeah, and speaking of great matches, your opponent at Bound for Glory uh, recently uh Master Slamovich became the number one contender with a victory over Diana Perrazzo, which was actually her longest match since signing with Impact at 12 minutes, 50 seconds. Uh, her other matches that she's had, she's had 13, uh, totaling up to 16 minutes, and I believe it's like 34 seconds. Uh, you know, hearing those numbers, and especially like for some of the, the women that she's defeated from Madison Rain, Havoc, um, to Neil Dashwood in all very short amount of time. Do you think that you sent her a, you know, a call or a notice when you defeated a, a dice at 50 seconds on impact? Oh, I think that was definitely uh, you can do it and so can I kind of thing. I, I do like to, you know, wrestle and have a kind of a feeling out process during matches, but that makes it longer. Um, she really just goes straight for the kill, and I think that's what I did with Ziggy. <laughs> yeah, I 100% went straight for the kill. So when it comes to that, in you've had a lot of firsts when it comes to Impact. You're the first Triple Crown winner, uh, first digital media champion, the first Queen of the Mountain. Uh, you competed in the first uh, X match for the knockouts. What else do you want to accomplish in Impact Wrestling? One of my my biggest um, goals, uh, a pipe dream, some may call it, is to be the first person at Impact to win all the belts, to be the first like grand, first true Grand Slam champion. Because I'm sure there's someone who's won all the male titles, but they haven't also held the female titles. So I would love to be the first person to do that. Okay, that would that would really be awesome. And as far as this match, do you have any concerns, especially with you know, some of the, the matches that Selena Vich has had and, and how fast she's kind of just run through the women's division. Um, I don't think it's, it's, it's not a concern. I think I'm very prepared for this match. I've been getting ready for a long time. And in a way, I've kind of been preparing for this match since I got to Impact. You know, this is going to be probably my, my biggest match in my Impact Wrestling career and probably my career in general. And I really do think I'm, I'm very prepared for it. I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, Mentally, I think I'm exactly where I need to be, and I know that this is my opportunity to kind of cement my legacy and my place as the face of the knockouts division. Okay. Um, I interviewed uh, the president of Invicta Fighting Championship, uh, Shannon Knapp, who uh, Invicta is also under the Anthem banner, and I had asked her if she was ever open to having anyone uh, from the, the women's division uh, be part of uh, her MMA company in any way, shape, or form. Is, is MMA something that's ever interested you or anything being part of? Um, you know, I've thought about it a few times. 
but I'm kind of scared to get punched in the face, like for real. <laughs> I would do it though. I think I would try my hand out. I've tried a lot of different things. I've done powerlifting, um, kind of trying to do this bodybuilding thing right now and wrestling. So I would definitely try it out. I'd love to. When it comes to the bodybuilding, do you plan on uh, competing in, in any competitions? Yeah, me and my husband were actually just talking about it this past week, doing signing up for a bodybuilding competition next year, um, at the beginning of next year, so we don't have to, you know, diet through the holidays. That's because <laughs> if there's anything harder than dieting, it's dieting on Thanksgiving and Christmas. The the worst two times to even try and start a diet plan. Exactly. Yeah. You. I can see why people wait till after the new year. It's too hard. <laughs> uh, so what are your workout routines like? Do you work out with your husband? Do you guys, you know, do all the meal planning together and things like that? It depends. Right now we both have um, different trainers. So I, I, I have a trainer who literally uh, sends me my exact diet down to like the last calorie. He plans all my workouts. Um, I usually train uh, six times a week. I do cardio every day. So it's normally seven times a week. And right now, um, just to prepare for the show, I've been trying to kind of like get more cut basically. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing two a day cardio sessions for the past six weeks and it's been hell. So <laughs> I cannot wait to, this, this is like the, the last week I have my foot on the gas and I'm just ready to have this match win or lose. I'm going to have a cheat meal afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, one thing about this match, uh, you had done an interview in the past um because you are a previous knockouts champion you wanted this run to be memorable uh, having been a champion during covid what were some of the struggles as a champion during that time you know i wasn't a champion for very long during covid to be honest i, I pretty much lost my belt um as soon as uh the pandemic hit almost yeah. i can't remember exactly when but i didn't get to defend it in front of any fans it sucked for sure. Um, and even like the time I did have it, 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 it was probably longer um, than it should have been because I didn't have any title defenses at all because we weren't wrestling at all. So it was definitely, that wasn't a reign I was proud of. I'm already more proud of this reign than I am the last one. And, and for you, what was it like uh, to be able to team up Jazz to go after the Impact Women's Tag Team It was awesome. That was something I never even occurred to me would be a possibility but it was really really cool I don't know if she's kind of like uh retired now or what's happening but if that was like the last thing she did with wrestling I'm so grateful to have been a part of it mm -hmm. now impact is one of the only companies that does the intergender matters what do you have to say for those who like are not a fan of things I for one think it's amazing to to watch women uh, be able to manhandle the men as a prime example. We watch you again defeat uh, Ziggy in 50 seconds. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's fine if people don't like it. There's a lot of, there's some things that I don't like. I don't particularly like like hardcore death matches, but I also don't actively advocate against it because I know that there are people that do enjoy it. So it's okay if you don't like it, but just let other people enjoy things. <laughs> and uh, what do you want fans to know uh, when lose or draw? Uh, when it comes to Bound for Glory October 7th? Win, lose, or draw, I'm going to put on the best match I possibly can. Um, I'm going to fight harder than I ever have. And um, I'm just going to go out and do my absolute, absolute best like I always do. Awesome. 
And I have a, a question in regards to uh, your husband, Jonathan. Sure. Um, we don't often hear uh, wrestlers still being around their trainers after training is over, so, so to speak. So what's it like for you with the relationship that Jonathan has with his trainer, uh, and as he calls him coach, Mr. Hughes? Um, it's cool because I don't, I don't talk to any of my trainers from the past and he's been rest, John's been wrestling, I don't know, 17, 18 years. And the fact that they still call each other on the phone is, is very cool. Um, and it goes to show what kind of trainer Mr. Hughes is to still keep up with his students after all that time. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Mr. Hughes has done a fantastic job. He's, you know, Keith is another one who, who, who is trained that we're going to be speaking to in a few minutes. I'm going to pass over a couple of questions over to our first correspondent, Justin Largito. So take it away, Justin. That's me. So, yeah, you've uh, you recently had, you know, the Impact Wrestling Micro Brawlers. Uh, you had a standard and a variant. I asked this because me and Lee are huge figure collectors. Oh, really? Oh, awesome. Yeah. So it was recently announced by Cello Toys that Impact Wrestling will be picked up for an action figure line. And it's the first Impact Wrestling action figure line in almost a decade. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty big deal. And you're one of the four that were selected for that first series. You know, it's based off of your Slamiversary 2020 gear when you faced Deanna Perrazzo. How does it feel to be picked, you know, as one of the first four to, you know, be immortalized in this Impact Wrestling action figure line? You know, what's funny is I, knew nothing about this until i saw it on twitter oh wow i i saw i saw it announced uh basically the same time everybody else did and i was like what is this and so i ended up messaging john messaging john and i was like do you know what this is she's like no i kind of just just heard about it too so i don't i don't know how that happened but i think it's really awesome and it's a huge honor to be you know they're probably going to do more but just to be the first line after so much time is is really cool micro brother is awesome but I can finally give my mom an action figure. That's so <laughs> I love it. I think it's so cool. Yeah, I was actually at the uh, the major wrestling figure podcast live show in Boston when they announced it. And everyone just went nuts over it. So <laughs> That's awesome. It was a pretty cool moment. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I want to I want to look like an action figure. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you do have the micro brawler. So you know, when those first came out, what, what was your thought when they came out? Those are super pop super popular, right? I had yeah. I didn't know how popular micro brawlers were. Um, and they, they're kind of like almost as popular in the wrestling world as, as Funko Pops, I feel like. And uh, when Impact first came out with mine, uh, they, they gave me a bunch and I, they sold out like that. And I was very surprised about that. And I'm actually the one who went ahead and did my own variant to sell on my website. And again, be, just because I saw how lucrative it was. And again, they sold, they just sell out so fast. It's, it's, it's really awesome. I love those as an alternative to action figures because they're cheaper to produce and they're just adorable. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have anything that you would like to promote as far as like your social media, website, things like that? Sure, you guys can follow me on basically any social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Spotify, at Jordan Grace. Um, and make sure you get tickets or watch on Fight TV, Bound for Glory next weekend, October 7th. And then we have the TV tapings on October 8th at the Albany Armory. It's going to be a good time. Absolutely. Jeremy, I want to thank you for coming on. We had a great time. I have one last question to end this. What's your favorite bodybuilding pose? Oh, my God. I've been trying. I actually just started doing it when I come out. And it's this one where you bring the arms in. Okay. So I've been, I, I tried it out at the last set of tapings, but I've been doing that 
when I come out now instead of a single arm flex. It just feels a little feels a little different. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'd like to thank you for coming on. We had a great time and uh, we wish you the best of luck on the seven. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Hey everyone, thanks for watching that video. If you liked what you saw, make sure you hit the like button and make sure you hit subscribe so you can get all our content here at Perched on the Top Rope. And fans, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. I'm out.